the history of the Kuntas Achim is that it was not originally printed with the Tanya. It was added on by the Mitla Rebbe. The first Tanya was only printed with the Sefer And the Shari Yichid Vemuna, or Yerasa Tshuva. Then they added on the other two sections. So, here, this, these are explanations that the Balatani wrote for himself as far as answering difficulties and contradictions between the Zoyer and Zoyer or Zoyer and Kisweari. So, by definition, we're dealing with yeah. spooky stuff. So, you need something? You still need a wine over? Um, no, they opened it already. No, you didn't. Oh, just the top of a, a corkscrew, you know, that has a thing that'll open it. Any one of those corkscrews that has a thing on the top. All right. Lahavin. I don't know. Let's go. Davkov nun gemot. Lahavin. Eich hakoyde b'sipure ma'isi yeshevatoy. We're on Kufnun Gimel here, page three o five in the secular numbers. So first of all, he says Kuntas Achan al Kama Prokim Ayin b'lekuti Amar Mechelik Aleph Perak Mem. Okay, now so he's telling you that before you start this, you got to know what this is a springboard on, right? So he wants you to go back and look what it says there. The topics that are discussed over there are the requirements of bringing some love and some awe and feeling to your mitzvahs. Okay? The way that the the Shnei God that there's two wings. The wings are love and awe. Talamai said the Baal Kodesh was once traveling and they came into a town, and they wanted to dive a mincha. So they went to the local shul, where he opened the door and looked inside, and he said, there's no room in here, we can't dive in here. So they said, why can't we can't dive in here? You know, how, how, how many people can there already be in there? So somebody went and peeked in, there was nobody at all in there. So he said, Rebbe, what do you, what, what, what do you mean? So he said, the place is so stuffed with tefillahs, that have never ascended heavenward because there's it's all habitual prayer. There's no feeling, and therefore the uh, the atmosphere is completely clogged up. So there in Perikmem he talks about um, what can be accomplished when a person learns their Torah and performs their service with love and with awe, and that without that, it's really a lackluster. Avaida, um, he speaks over there about creating malachim, as we'll soon see. There's a Reb Chaim Vital about what kind of malachim we have the power to create. So that's the Ayin Belukuti Amar. Look back in the first section of the Sefer, Chelik Aleph, Perik Mem. That's what he tells you to do. So really, he's going to address the same topics here, but in a much more Kabbalistic way. Lahavin, we need to understand. How is it that when we read the stories that are found in the Chumash, in what way is a person connected to the highest wisdom? Now, 
This is a very strange question. How is a person connected to the highest wisdom when he's learning the laws of ribis, or when he's learning the laws of kashrus, or when he's learning the high, the laws of Shabbos? Meaning, he's saying here that there's obviously a greater, deeper Chachma that's Chachma Satayra, but that when it comes into this world, into the realm of the Olam so Hashem has to put it, as we've been discussing in so many different formats, Hashem has to take it, and he's mitzamed from the Torah into physical things. So the, the physical laws become the vessel in which his highest wisdom is contained. When we grasp that concept, then contained in it, encapsulated in each detail, each halacha, each concept, every abaya, every rava, so there, therein, contained therein, is the highest wisdom. Well, why can't the same thing be about the story that we read with, with uh, as he speaks, so we obviously understand that there's the pshat, and then contained in it is the highest wisdom. What's the difference? What's, what's his question? What's so bothering the, him? So the question is, what is the difference between the parables and the halachas? Right, meaning why is he troubled here with the Sipurimaisius, how that attains the highest wisdom, any more so than the halacha, that you're not allowed to squeeze a, a grape out on Shabbos. So Rabbi Khan here explains the question. He says like this, that it's very clear that when a person is learning the halachas of Torah, so contained in those halachas is the deeper Chachma of Hashem. Okay? Why? Because those halachas are referred to as Gufei Torah. Gufei Torah means the main tenets of Torah, but a guf contains an Hashemah in it. So when a person learns Gufei Torah, when they hop, you grab somebody by the hand, you take them or you hug somebody, you're not hugging their body. It happens to be that the Hashemah is contained in the body. You can't hug the Hashemah without the body. They're, they're inseparable. So you, they, what you get there with the goof is the neshama but the stories the storyline in the Chumash is not called Gufei Torah it's called the Levushim of the Torah the Zayar Kaddish refers to it explicitly as the garment of Torah now a garment is something that goes over the body you can take the garment off and if you only have a garment the language of the Zayar is that anybody who learns the stories of the Chumash and takes them at face value tipach ruche, his spirit should rot that's what the Zayar Kodesh says that anybody who learns Chumash Bereshis Chumash Shaf Chumash Shmois and learns it with the understanding that all there is is the storyline is the lowest of the low is Mamish the, 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 the dreg of society according to the Zayar Meaning we must understand that that is not what it is. These are secrets, these are levushim, they're garments from which we are to understand much deeper things. There are maz, which is one of the, the um, commentaries on the Zoya, writes, for instance, you have the whole section there in the Chumash that talks about these are the kings that ruled before there ever was a king, and then there was this guy in Mahadal, the, this, the, the, with these weird names, Hadad ben Bedad, and whatever it is, the, all, all of these characters. He says, there is no, although clearly there were this, these were people that existed, but that's not Hashem's intent. The intent in those things is that there is contained Soydis, the secrets of the Elam are contained in that. And the Pardis remind him from the Ramak, is one of the earliest of the Mikubalim, 
he says as follows. He says, he goes through different levels of those who learn Torah. So look at this language. Um, here we go. The first group is somebody who learns the pshat, the learn the simplest level of the chomish, as if it is sipur dvarim, telling us a story, shenis gashma, in order for us to understand it. And somebody who learns Torah to know, like somebody who learns a history book, that for sure will not help them. It will do nothing for them. Halavai, it won't destroy them. Yerashprach, somebody who learns Chumash with the storyline, thinking that that's what the goal is, Halavai, it shouldn't destroy them. But when a person comes to learn Torah, he needs to have a kavana that he's learning with the thought that these are godly messages, that the real secret inner meaning is concealed from us. And then he should learn it with that attitude, meaning that he's learning something that is completely representative or, con- or contains much deeper things. With this thought in mind, it will do good. The vapor of Torah that goes out of his mouth, it'll be better and a greater pleasure to Hashem than bringing a carbon. Okay? And, and even though all he understands is the simple storyline, but he acknowledges the fact that contained in this storyline is greater stuff, that's like a carbon. He says, I don't even have to tell you this, but even somebody who doesn't understand anything at all, because he doesn't understand the language, he's just saying the words but he's reciting verbally the words, he too, will be rewarded for that enunciation of the words of Chumash. Now with Torah Shabbat Peh, that's not the halacha. Torah Shabbat Peh, you have to understand. But Torah Shabbat even just uttering the words will do good for the person's soul. Now, so due to the fact that the stories are different than the halachas. If that's the case, how do we how do we get over the bridge? How is it that by learning the stories of the Chumash, that in any which way we're connected with this highest wisdom? That's the question. Is al Referring to the Kavanas of the Arizal. That what? Turn the page to 306. Kemo that we are to understand that just as a person toils in Torah here below, so too is the source of our neshama upstairs mirrors our activity. And although here below we have got no clue what in the world this might represent... But due to the fact that our real neshama upstairs is completely open to the secrets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu there, so by our uttering the words here, we connect to our neshama 
There's the direct connection to the source of our neshama above, and the neshama above is connected to Chachmi law, and by extension, therefore, we are connected to that highest wisdom. So it's not at all on an intellectual level. It's on a spiritual level. Our neshama is connected to our neshama above, our neshama above does understand. Okay? There's hope. Now, So might one suggest, when it comes to the thought, thinking, of the letters, okay? Avala dibor yeshloimer he says like this that that I just discussed that the only benefit is because our soul below is connected to the soul above and the soul above is revealed to the true secrets that's only if somebody's not verbalizing the Torah they're just reading it and what's going on is in their minds but if the person is actually saying the words then that is Baikea Visalik Latsilus Mamish. Those words have the capacity to be elevated and to go all the way to Atsilus, or if the person works on themselves to create an intellectual love and fear, and with that intellectual love and fear it causes him to speak the words of Chumash or Tanakh, then those words go to as far as Eilam Abriya. Eil or they can be elevated to Yitzira, if the person is relying on his inborn, natural love and fear. Uvimikra, salik by reading those words, they are elevated from this world, liyud sviras da'asiya, Mishum they will be elevated to the Yud Sviris of Asiya, to the ten spheres of the world of Asiya, because they have words, have the power to break through all of the Rikim, to break through the barriers of what's called the, the seven Rikim, right? The seven skies. So words create reality. Thinking then you got to rely on the connection to the soul. But if we verbalize the words, then that has an effect, depending on where we're at, when we're reciting the words, that's how far the words can go. The language of Reb Chaim Vital is very, very cool. Reb Chaim Vital talks about the creation of these angels. Mm-mm-mm. It was here somewhere. One of these Svarim had the language of Reb Chaim Vital in it. Just see if it's here. Okay. So let's see. Now he's going to ask a kasha. Dav <coughs> kufei. That which the Zoya writes in the third section on page 105. The Zoya there says that thought accomplishes nothing. Oh, what do you mean? 
We just said that thought connects the soul below to the soul above. So what's the language of the Zayat? Listen to the Zayat. It it's, should be taught often. <laughs> Says the Zayat like this. It's on the Pasuk that we say in Kiddush Shabbos morning. Chazal learned from that Pasuk that your you're not allowed to talk about your own business dealings, but you're, this is the source why you're allowed to raise money for tzedakah on Shabbos. Cheftze Shemayim is mutter. If it's matters of heaven, you're allowed to do it. Vidabedavah, the Pasuk speaks about Shabbos, that you got to be careful what you talk about. Says the Zayar Mahil. What is that? Umay the Shabbos. Who cares if you're talking business on Shabbos? Who cares if you're talking about malacha on Shabbos? What's the problem? No, it creates destruction. Why? This is unbelievable language. There is no such thing as a word that emanates from a human being that does not have a sound. Generally, that's when people speak. Our words ascend heavenward. And it's going to create something. Something, it's going to be, every word we say creates a reaction, a heavenly reaction. What's the reaction? If our words are weekday, because we're talking about weekday stuff, if our weekday words on a holy day go up, it's the greatest insult on Shabbos. If we're talking words that are weekday, we're talking business, we're talking plans, whatever it is that involve malacha, we're smelling up Shemayim with our with our our, our, our things that are uvdin speech, speech. Forget thought is permissible, explicitly permissible. And he goes, the Zohar says, Because of this, thoughts are permissible. My time, why? Why? What's the difference? Says the Zohar, Because thought doesn't have a reaction. It doesn't have a voice. And it doesn't go heavenward. So the difference between the verbal word and the thought is in the fact that it, one, pierces through the heavens and the other one doesn't. Now, if that's the case, how can thinking Torah connect you with your soul above? You just said that thought accomplishes nothing. Here it explicitly says that thinking on Shabbos, negative thoughts, thoughts that are about weekday activity, is okay. If it's okay then how does thinking Chumash, the stories of Chumash, help connect you to your soul above? That's his kasha. Notice how he learns everything like a litvak. I love it. It's so thorough. You're saying, what was the distinction he made before about the distinction between speech and thought? He said, speech is bekeirikim. Speech is able to pierce the heavens, and, and you'll see later it even has another effect, right? But thought, thought of learning Chumash, the only way that connects a person with the uh, heavens above is because the neshama above emulates our neshama below, 
And since the Neshama below is thinking in those stories of Chumash, so too the Neshama above is able to connect to the Chachmila that's contained in that. But here you're saying that thought has no connection to anything above. No, you're saying that relative to Malachas and making weekday plans, it has no... He makes a distinction between speech and thought. Speech has a connection above. Thought has no connection above. Right, but this is talking about thoughts to do with... Okay, so he's going to make, you'll see in a minute, he's going to make, he's going to try making that distinction. So, you're saying that the Zayar is talking about negative thought on Shabbos, right? Destructive thought. So, says the Baltanya, ah, you're going to try arguing like Eitan just did, that maybe that's only if it's negative thought... Where are we? That's even good thought. That that it says on What is the what's that on See here's the desire. He says, Everything to create a response from heaven requires an action here, here below. Tachazi, says the Zayar, come in here, come and see. Somebody who says, this, All this action stuff in Judaism, that's not really what's important, it's the heart. Right? This is, went on uh, 2,000 years ago, right? Or I don't have to daven with voice. I don't need to express it. God knows my thoughts. I don't have to speak it. Tipachrucha, he should rot. He's, he loves this language, tipachrucha. Anybody who says that should, should rot, you know where. Then the Zayah continues. The proof that the speech of weekday on Shabbos creates destruction, but thought is okay. So you see that what he's trying to, what's the point that he's trying to prove? He's trying to prove that good thoughts are not adequate. You have to have action. You have to have speech. What's the proof that he brings? The proof that he brings is that bad yeah, thoughts don't do destruction. But you see from here that desire is tightening. The proof he's trying to bring is about good thoughts. He's bringing a proof from bad thoughts. Good, but the aim that he's bringing is that, that good thoughts are not adequate. You need action. You need speech. So what's the difference? You ready? We're on the line that starts towards the end of them. Yes, Leimar. Right in the middle of the line. When do you need thought to be expressed in speech or in action? That's if you want to bring about a result from above to below. If you want to do an action, so that that action is going to bring about a result from heaven to below. We want to bring about brachas and yeshuas and all kinds of bounty, spiritual and physical bounty. You want to have a reaction from above. Then you need speech or action. 
right? Shiyumzuk Misham Nisata, Rak Machshavta Nisharisham. When you're just thinking, your thoughts remain there, and don't think that that's so small. Good thoughts are very, very meaningful. I want you to understand that when we have thoughts that are holy thoughts, it increases in the worlds above a tremendous increase of air with a great intensity. Through reading words or action mitzvahs, there too the main action is going on upstairs but there's an additional benefit there is produce there are fruits there is byproducts that we end up benefiting from in this world by bringing about a little bit of that light, meaning when a person does a mitzvah, even has the great, the good thoughts, it creates an abundant amount of light above. The distinction between just thought or thought that includes action and speech is that thought adds the great light up there. Thought with speech and action has an overflow. And therefore, we're able to be mamshich those brachas here in the world, even if it's a tiny bit of that earth that, that exists above. Speech without thought? We'll get to that. But if it's just thought, then you can't draw anything into this world. It stays up there. But what does that mean, staying up there? It increases the iris up there, and, and the neshama benefits. It has no... It has no bearing on this world. It has no right, but, but right. We do have a benefit, uh, 120. Correct. Correct. There's schar, and so on. But, look at the next words. But just thought or good intentions does not fulfill a person's obligation. Because the only reason that the neshama was put into this physical world is we were put here to bring about the ur of above and bring it down here. We were we were brought here to turn this world and, and illuminate it. And if all we're doing is illuminating the worlds above, well, the Rebbe didn't need to put us into physical bodies in order to illuminate the world above. He put us into physical bodies to illuminate this dense, dark world. To bring the light into the darkness of this world. So in order to do that, that's going to require thought and action or speech. Now, now we're going to address what Mendel said. What about action that has no thought? What about from life in 2018? But if we want our actions, our speech, our Yiddishkeit to be taken and accepted and received above by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that requires good thoughts, that requires positive thoughts, that requires intent and geschmack and privilege and love and awe and all those things. Otherwise, those actions, we did the mitzvah, but that are going to remain stuck down here. 
Because without love and awe, they cannot ascend heavenward. Like Reb Chaim Vital writes in the Shara Nevoah, Perak Beis, that's the one where he writes about the different levels of the, um, I think where he writes with what, what you can accomplish and create. Yeah. Four. No. Okay. So those are the mice with the Belshan. Exactly. Those those are the ones that couldn't be elevated. Now the good news is, by the way, that he wrote elsewhere earlier, that even the many mitzvahs that we did thoughtlessly if at one time, one time in our life, we do them right, it takes all the other times that we did them without thought and intent and elevates them all. So it's not a waste in any sense. Now, I, what are you going to do with the fact that there's another contradiction? Because it says that any action splits open the heavens that's even without love and awe because we can learn that out from a from Dvarim B'Telem if Dvarim B'Telem empty hollow words it says we learned earlier that those words are able to pierce the heavens and cause damage well how much more so is the attribute of good so shouldn't words even without intent being a- be able to be elevated if bad words without intent can be elevated to, to be destructive so why can't why shouldn't we say that davening learning tilim, whatever it is without intent should be able to elevate and and go upward as well. Then the brackets, mm-hmm. he answers the question. He says, Ze'ena, the truth is it's no question at all. Nobody speaks negative words without some force, some interest, some passion, some desire to want to do it. So the kasha is no kasha. You're trying to learn a kalvachimer, right? You're trying to say if destructive behavior is is empty destructive behavior is able to go heavenward, so for sure good empty behavior he says there really is no such thing as empty destructive behavior, it always, there's always an intent there, so really but he answers anyway and he continues still here with the question give me the type of Merubah answers the Baltanya yeah, they're able to go up Hainu Rikian Dafka they're able to pierce the Rikia those are the chambers and the homes. Obviously, heavenly terms for something which is they refer to as chitzonius dika powers, things that are external. But they cannot pleasure, they cannot reach what's called the body of Adam Elyon. 
they certainly cannot reach the soul levels of the person above but look what he now says empty hollow holy words cannot penetrate Adam Da'asiyah who's Adam Da'asiyah? that's us just right up there, just right there. <laughs> That's us humans in this world. And this really answers uh, many questions for us about why Torah and mitzvahs are really not affecting us positively enough. We're doing everything right. We're saying all the words. But the only way for them to pierce through the barriers is if there's intent and privilege and joy Shem Yud Sviris Oyer V'Kelem the Adam Dasiya are made up of Yud Sviris of Adam V'Kelem V'Zesh Eksibit Tikkunim Dibalei Duchil V'Rechimu this is what the Tikkun Ezoyer means that without love and all the Yochla the Salka our mitzvahs cannot be elevated Ulamekem Kedom Hashem Davka they can't make it to that level which is called before in front of Hashem now having said that um, I just want to share with you an interesting halacha halacha that the Baltania Paskins in his laws of uh, Talmud Torah is a very frightening and, and thing this is not quite ballistic right this is his halacha right this fellows in the laws of Talmud Torah, which was the first thing that he printed, which was what they took to the the Goyen to impress him with the scholarship of the Baltania. He writes, Adam Lizar, a person must be very careful, to verbalize the words, and loud enough to be able to hear, with everything a person learns. Ben Bimikra, whether we're talking about scripture, Mishnah Talmud. Unless the person is deeply pondering something, then you can be quiet because it's going to stare you. But otherwise, whatever it is that we're reading, we should be verbalizing. Anything that we're learning just with thought. And we have the ability at that time to verbalize them and we don't do that we do not fulfill the specific mitzvah of as the Pasuk says this Torah should never leave your mouth your mouth, not your eyes but your mouth you should toil in it day and night so there's a very fascinating ooh it's late there's a very fascinating story that he brings here that when the Baltania was let out of jail so they took him to the home of the great Talmudic genius of Yeshua Zeitlin in the city of Shklov and he was resting at the time this guy in Rabbi Yeshua was resting and he was a, a misnagid. He was not one of the great followers of the Balatanya. So they brought him in, 
and introduced him and he was not impressed as he was laying there he said to him do you know how to learn if so tell me how many times in Shas are Abaya and Rava mentioned come on that's a sign to find out if somebody knows how to learn Och and Bey. <laughs> so the Baltani immediately answers accurately and gives him the number to which Rabbi Shua says are you sure that's it so the Baltani says no there's one time that Rava's name is mentioned but it says Rabba in place of Rava and he tells him the exact spot which is why he was one off okay then the Goyen says to him this Rabbi Shua says to him why did you write in your Sefer, the Tanya, that Torah without love and awe is not elevated heavenward? Why did you write that? So the Baltanya says to him, because it explicitly says so in Tukun So he says, that's very nice. We don't pass him from the Zayr. We pass him from the Gemara. Unless there's a remis for something in the Shas, we don't pass in like the Zohar. So why'd you write that in your Sefer? As if it's that's the law. So, Baltani says to him, it's not just in the Zohar. It's actually explicitly in Mesech Tispesachim. At this, this Yeshua jumps out of bed and runs and grabs a Gemara Pesachim and hands it to Baltani and says, show me where it says it. Okay? So, Baltanya opens the Gemara to Daf Nunam at base. And he shows in the Gemara says like this Rava asks a contradiction. One Pasuk says, that your Chesed Hashem is above the heavens. And the next Pasuk says, your Chesed is until the heavens. Or is it above the heavens or is it until the heavens? That's what Rava asks. Okay, Tzad, how can this be? Answers the Gemara. Kan ba'isin lishma. When is it me'ala shemayim? If you do it lishma. Kan ba'isin shaloy lishma. And here's where if you don't do it lishma. And then he shows him how Rashi interprets those words. Says Rashi, when a person does it lishma, then his chesed is above the heavens. When a person does it shaloy lishma, then his chesed is only until the heavens because the fact is any, any mitzvah but because says Rashi because he still did a mitzvah even if he did it without intent so he says clearly there's a chilek here what the Gemara is saying it doesn't ascend Heavenward is it me'alashemayim? Is it above the heavens, or is it just until the heavens? The Gemara itself makes this distinction. Clearly, the distinction is in how you define lishma. So the Zayar, don't tell me it's not mirumis in the Gemara. The Gemara clearly says that if a person serves shalay lishma, remains below the heavens. If a person serves lishma, goes above the heavens. So this is is a is a abeferish uh, Gemara in Mesechtas Pesachim. So he was he was incredibly uh, impressed with the um, Baltanya's level of scholarship, and he had a whole different uh, he had he had a newfound respect for him as the result of this. So really, there are three things that we just learned. Number one is if a person with their eyes 
reads Chumash or any of the other stories of Tanakh, they have not wasted their time. Their neshama above connects with these words, and the secrets of Torah are revealed to the neshama above, and their meisif argadol in heavens. If a person verbalizes mikra, right, anything in Tanakh, then they, there's an additional benefit, and that is that the the um, there's a toisus ur which is able to spill over and give that blessing here below. That's as far as what comes down from heaven, though. But as far as our mitzvahs being elevated heavenward, that's dependent upon our level of excitement, passion, love, and fear. Those things that we do with love and fear are able to be those things are able to ascend heavenwards and the things that were done without are um, amidst what we did but it's Adah Shemaim they, they don't have the ability to pierce and penetrate the, the heavens above and by inference he says that that which changes the person is the kinds of things that are done with that with that intent